Blog Talk Radio.
is Q-U-E-T. So glad that so much of her children to follow me and they like that at Gullah on Instagram and on Twitter. And rather wants to retweet the things we've been grind on all this time and things like that. And rather wants all of the children we get to this program. And I'm sorry we haven't been able to be on the air last Monday, but we've been on the other rest of the radio show and has been traveling because this should have more of the Gully Kitchen Live and Legacy World Tour grind on right now and things like that. So for all of the children around the world, if you want to say thank you, thank you to all of them who've been a whole on and whole out for getting more things like that. So please keep on tuning in and keep on following me so I know what grind on where we to be. So definitely for all of the people around the world who have been keeping up on our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page and at Gullah Geechee on Twitter, you know, it's been quite a journey over the last seven days for me. And that's why we weren't on the air last Monday because we were traveling up to New York City, then from New York City to Washington, D.C., from New York City to Brackenville, Texas, back from Brackenville, Texas, from seven all days back to New York City for Climate Week. Today is the March of Climate Week. Interestingly enough, it is Climate Week. They are also preparing in New York for the arrival of the Pope. This is also the Day of World Peace. There are so many things happening in the world but just in this one place, and in particular on the island of Manhasset. And so the island of Manhasset is not what you see me, where you see me standing in the image of tonight's show, but you will see it in the background of where I'm standing, along with part of Brooklyn. And so I'm standing in Brooklyn and looking out over the city skyline and looking at the density of what has been placed on this land and how many people from so many different parts of the world have come to these five boroughs to live, to work, to be economically empowered. How many have come to even the Statue of Liberty that I could just see out in the distance to say, well, they're coming to this place for liberty. And when I think about it, whenever I'm in the city, and especially at a key time like this, when it's Middle Passage Month for us in the Gullah Geechee Nation, I always think about Wall Street and how African bodies were sold at Wall Street in the East River in New York City and how that brokering is still what that ticker tape represents at Wall Street and how the brokers were here in the north while what was being brokered or who was being brokered was dropped off more often than not in the south on the Sea Islands, from Sullivan's Island into the rest of areas that are now referred to as the Gullah Geechee Nation from Jacksonville, North Carolina to Jacksonville, Florida, often called the Carolina, Georgia, Low Country, and Northeastern Florida, from the Sea Islands all the way inland to the St. John's River, to know that people brokered human beings in order to make money and to now see that there is yet another movement that is being brokered that could infect and affect the living legacy that Gullah Geechee yet have. And it's critical that we remain vigilant, just as our ancestors remained vigilant, that they didn't just go along willingly with the kidnapping and the capturing. There were battles. There were fights. There was blood that spilled on the coast of the 
the western seaboard of the motherland as people tried to get away when there were these brokers that were coming to take them. There were people who fought their way across the Middle Passage. There were those who ended up along our shorelines and were sold at places such as River Street in Savannah, down Lazaretto Creek to St. Simon's Island in Georgia, where then they were taken off, but many walked back home to the motherland, and we hear the Ebos walking and flying back to the motherland from there because powerful. This is what the people who witnessed it saw. They saw those spirits rising in unity to move away from a point of enslavement. With this word, move, the word movement, you cannot have without the word move. What has your move meant to anyone in the world? What is your next move and what will it mean to the world and to this continuation of culture and tradition on a coastline that now is faced with the very movements of the tide in a different way that our ancestors had to deal with it? Our ancestors had to deal with that tide coming in and bringing them to a land that they knew nothing of. And now we have to deal with losing the land that we know plenty about, literally from beneath our feet, people sleep, while people sit back and not realize that the trees are laying down, that the swatana glass is not growing as it once was, that the oyster beds are dying, that this is all then causing more rapid erosion to happen, that the sea is rising. But in this case, the rise would then recover the land. At one point along the South Carolina coast, and if you ever visit the South Carolina Aquarium in Charleston, you can see the kiosk that shows you that Charleston was once completely underwater. Our entire Sea Island area was underwater. And where Columbia, the capital of South Carolina now is, where many of you who are Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fans saw me recently at the Folk Fabulous event, that the water went all the way that far inland. And so now it seems that time and tide are starting to repeat themselves. We hear more and more people trying to exploit the stories of Gullah Geechee's and their being traversed onto and being enslaved upon rice plantations. People are now using this as a quaint topic to have engagements over. We have slavery conferences that are happening to, for people to talk about the dwellings in which our ancestors were in bondage in. And here it is that we're looking away from the very tide of change that is coming in literally and figuratively to our coastline. And so it is critical that we continue to keep our eyes wide open, not, as the movie said, eyes wide shut, that we continue to focus on what is it that this cultural landscape called the Gullah Geechee Nation offers to the world and why it is critical to maintain Gullah Geechee culture is inextricably tied to the land and to the waterway. You People have heard me say it over and over, and I intend to continue to say it until the day that I go from here, is that the land is our family and the waterways are our bloodline. So it is critical that Gullah Geechee continue to own the land 
on which our ancestors, our elders toiled, and many of us who worked, grind to the farm and things like that. And our blood, our sweat, and our tears remains in the sand and the soil of the sea islands and the low country region, which is the Gullah Geechee Nation. So it's critical we hold on to it and not sell it on an auction block like our ancestors were sold. But in order to even hold on to it, you can have a deed to property and your property be covered underwater. You can have a deed to marsh area. But now if you ain't fishing, they ain't going to do you a whole lot of good because you are not going to be able to sustain a home on the water in that sense. You need to definitely have higher land on which your house can stand firmly and which your family can live. So when we start to talk about these dynamics that are happening that are literally moving the land out from under our feet. I saw this vision of how our ancestors came into this coast on ships and then how their feet first hit the soil of Sea Island sand. And that rattling noise that was there as they walked, as they marched together, I could just see it. I could hear it. I could feel it. And then there are those who hear nothing. There are those who feel nothing. There are those who see nothing on our coast except what they envision should be built there for their recreation. And that is why it is so critical that all of you that listen to the show not only take the action steps that you hear us mentioning, but that you also Share this message through your social media. If you write blogs that you blog about what we've talked about, that you go ahead and you make sure to tweet and repost. And that if you are in universities and institutions of higher learning, but also K-12, and you tune into the broadcast, that you share these things with your students. Because you would be surprised just how many people negate the past only looking to the future. My church folks. It makes me think of the statement, don't be so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly good because it will take us doing our due diligence to cry out unto God to heal the land, but to also getting out and taking a stand and standing to heal the land because that is the only way that we are going to change our lifestyles and have a new movement of how we interact with the soil and the souls of the soil of the sea in order to be able to continue to have those barrier islands be barriers to protect the mainland and to protect the islands that lay between the outer banks, some might say, and then the mainland properties. We need to continue to be diligent about what we do on the land. So there's a number of things. More often than not, you hear me speaking about the Gully Beach Fishing Association and the work that we've been doing. And I thank everyone who came out to the recent Gully Beach Porch Talk that we had at St. Helena Branch Library, which I commend and I'm ready to shout this evening because one of the letters that we wrote for our partners, the the St. Helena Branch Library, helped them, I'm sure, to win an honor today, and we'll be talking more about that on the air. We'll also be 
posting photographs and other things, and I'll be back at that library tomorrow. And I, I wondered, should I bring a bottle of champagne? Because it definitely is a toast-worthy activity that they have won a Landmarks Library Award because of the construction of the building and how that building then represents aspects of Gullah tradition and culture. And this is a powerful thing because there are many who said it couldn't be done. But this is why I stay here this evening, that it is up to us to make a movement to make sure that we have our land. Because it's on the land, on St. Helena Island, where such a landmark building stands. St. Helena Branch Library is on property that a historic, a national landmark historic registered district donated for its building, and that's the Penn National Landmark Historic Registered District, where we'll have the Heritage Day celebration coming up the second weekend in November. Then you can go to PennCenter.com and look under the link for public programs and click on Heritage Days and get more information. Or, again, you can email us to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. You can also email Heritage at P-E-N-N-PennCenter.com, Heritage at PennCenter.com, and get an entire booklet on the activities that will go on they are doing Heritage Days, and we will have major Gullah Geechee Roots genealogy workshop happening at the St. Helena Branch Library. So the celebration that begins today will just continue on and on up to that anniversary weekend of the opening of the St. Helena Branch Library as we celebrate our heritage, our history, our culture, our living legacy which I am on the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour from now until next year, till the 20th anniversary of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, educating the world and educating in many of these types of institutions. But people get from it not only what had happened, but what is happening and the movements of people that have come together to ensure that not only we keep our historic institutions alive, but that we also create these new institutions and that we institutionalize our culture. But where will we have it? We are not a museum piece. We are not simply the book on the shelf in the library. We are living people that are agrarian people, that are seaworking people, that need to have the land and the water be in balance and harmony in sync with one another. As the tides rise, as the ocean acidifies, there becomes a threat to our literal subsistence and our literal existence. So our movement to be a part of Climate Week, our movement to be a part of the CBC last week, and again, I want to thank the Diverse Environmental Leaders National Speakers Bureau for having me be one of the speakers of the Speakers Bureau that contributed to the dialogue and the discussion at the Congressional Black Caucus last week. One of the reasons, once again, in preparation for that and with all the travels, we didn't have this program last week. But 
there is a movement of people to become more aware of the traditions, the heritage, the cultural heritage resources, both tangible and intangible, that lie within the land that could now be negatively impacted or completely annihilated and destroyed if we continue to allow ourselves to live tritely upon the land. And what I mean by that is, if we don't take the time to do basic things, like take our garbage when we finish with it and just throw it in a garbage can, if you're not at the point yet of simply picking up your plate, your cup, your paper plate, your cup, your container you finish eating out of, and immediately when you finish emptying it, taking it to a garbage can, or if it's a plate that you can reuse, a glass you can reuse, and immediately taking it to the kitchen sink and washing it out, then you're not at the point of me talking to you about recycling and having separate recycling bins. Now, if you're at that point of having the separate recycling bins and you have enough room in your house or your yard where you can safely keep your bottles separate from your cans and keep your paper away from your plastic, I commend you and I pray that you will continue to do it. I pray that you will now help the rest who haven't gotten to that point yet to get to that point. I know on the Sea Islands, many of us separate cans because we use that to have income, to have money, to pay land taxes, to buy the churn toys and things like that, and all of these things are coming up fast and things like that. And so we have that money for that. We take now a lot of people, the Bell Brothers, especially the ones who had been incarcerated before, they have made it a business industry to sell metal. That has helped clean up the environment. They have gone and cleaned up a lot of people's yards and taken away the old cars and the old boats and the other metal things that have been there rusting and leaving toxins to leak back into the Sea Island soil. So we appreciate that. There are all those who are cleaning that up and clearing that out. Those folks who go ahead and you can burn your trash because you're in a rural area. Most of us burn our paper. So we don't have paper to recycle because we turn it into ash. But now with those plastic bottles, we can take that next step and start to put those things that we not clean them out to reuse them somewhere around the house or the yard, then go ahead and put them in a separate bag. We have enough places now that have county dumps that your taxes pay for whether you use it or not where we can go and we can throw our things into all these individual containers and then make sure that those things get reused. They get reappropriated into new uses, reuse. And when we start to construct buildings and we open institutions in these places, something might have used to be in a place and now it changed to something else, but this building is still there and the building just changes what you use it for. And planning, they call that adaptive reuse. So that's another thing on St. Helena Island that many of us have fought to make sure that we had a community preservation district, but a community preservation district zoning law that required people to reuse existing buildings so as not to have a series of empty buildings sitting around the island and then becoming hazardous to people going into empty buildings and maybe over time they deteriorate or things of this nature or even creatures just taking up homes in these kinds of places to make it their residence. So, again, there's a movement to use what you got. Now, that's not familiar. I'm sure if plenty of other children are running along, is that idea or anything like that? I'm going to get in their phone now because our elders used to tell us that. 
Use what you got to get what you want. And that new and things like that. Most island people that I have met throughout the African diaspora, and just as when I talked to the Seminole family down in Seminole Day over the weekend, they have heard and they know how to survive and to thrive by making do with what they have, by using what they have at their disposal to continue to hold on to what cash they have and respecting what they already own and using it and taking care of it so that then they can even pass it on to somebody else. A wise man, a woman leaves an inheritance to children's children's children. And so when we start to talk about institutionalizing culture and building institutions and having homes, these things take a movement of maintenance. And it takes us wanting to contribute to the things that are going on at these places and spaces to keep life there. Because any building that doesn't have life in it will die. It starts to deteriorate much quicker when you simply leave it locked up. No one goes in. No one stays there. There's no laughter. There's no conversation. There's no one sleeping there or anything. Those buildings go down much more quickly than buildings in which we live. Now, I know some of y'all say, well, wait, some people, live, they like termites, so their buildings get torn down quick. But we ain't talking about that. We're talking about just from the natural elements that, once again, are an issue when we live on the sea islands. So, once again, you can see how all these things connect one to the other. The salinity in the air often is what will cause a deterioration of wood in our area. It's a haven for termites is a haven for all these other carpenter bees and carpenter ants that we've seen multiplying now as the climate does change, as we see other dynamics going on in the world. We are fortunate because thus far we have not had any type of wildfires where we are. We're fortunate that we've broken from a drought that had lasted for many, many years. But as we see coming from the West, folks are not so fortunate. Fires are constantly breaking out now. We have rivers that are overflowing their boundaries just from rainfall. And then here we are coming from the East dealing with the king tides and the higher spring tides than we ever had before at any other point in time that anyone can recall documenting. We give praise and thanks that although we're in the midst of hurricane season and we're in one of its most active months, that we have not actually had any hurricanes threaten us or approach us or come to the coast this year. We've had a lot of rain because we've had a few tropical storms dissipate and then become places of rain. But again, when I watch the swirls on the Weather Channel, when they start to say that they're watching at a formation, I often see the diagram that was made many years ago that shows how every hurricane sees the start off the coast of the motherland, travels and traverses the same pathway that the triangular slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, took. And more often than not, as I grew up on the Sea Islands, somehow those storms would hit us. They would come through. We've lost families. We've lost 
homes and buildings. We've lost a lot of things and people over the years. But as many who are now studying us say, we're resilient people. And we've been able to sustain ourselves so we yet remain on the sea islands where the enslavement vessels dropped us off, which is the last point on that middle passage journey coming toward North America. So when we start to stand up and we stand on these coastlines and we look out over the water, whether we're standing at Sullivan's Island, St. Helena Island, or if we are standing at Wall Street or the East River, when we look back toward the motherland across the Little Passage, and when we look at our feet and we see the tide flow and it's hitting against where we're standing right then, we should also be able to imagine those tides that flowed or those storms started hitting as those ships, those enslavement vessels made those journeys. The 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. And we should think about how we are going to turn the tide, how we are going to make our moves mean something for the next generation how we are going to change our behaviors on land so that we can try to lessen, so that we can mitigate the damages that are being caused to our overall global environment with our carbon emissions and our carbon footprints all the way to the things that we are doing in terms of what we discard, what we use. Let us begin to be more conscious about every decision that we make. Let's make our moves mean something. Let's have a movement that honors our ancestors and elders that told us to make do it not. Let's not be so greedy and have to have so much that we just end up throwing things out, throwing things out your head after you only had it after a short period of time. Let's take this time. And if you got some old clothes, you got old shoes, to you it's old because you wore it two times. Well, then pack it up put it in a recyclable box, take it over to somebody else's house and give it to somebody who you know may not make a whole lot of money or who has some young children coming up so that they don't have to spend that money on those kind of items that the children can have other things to wear, the family could have other things to wear. And I know we got a group that you can't give that. They want everything brand new at the store, and they want designer labels and all that while they can't even pay their land tax. So I know we got those because that's part of the indoctrination that has come through the propaganda engine called the dummy box that y'all call the TV that makes people who can't afford it think that they're in the name of somebody else and their clothes means they've arrived or they've risen up some kind of way. We're really, she you know, might as well sing the song, I'm going down. That's really what you need to say, because financially that's where you're headed where we need people who now are in the process of moving toward not being a commodity anymore, 
not allowing people to treat you like a commodity, not allowing you to be used as leverage in their political agendas because they know that if they dangle something shiny before you, you'll run after it, that they just play the right rhythm with it. You will buy that item. You vote for that candidate because their commercial said play this certain kind of music. Let's not buy into that anymore. We cannot allow that to happen because we disgrace our ancestors when we do not recognize the power that we have as African people, the power that we've always had. The simple reality is this. We'll call black gold, black cargo, black gold by people who are kidnapping and capturing our ancestors and selling the richness that our ancestors had in their minds. That is the same richness that yet exists in our DNA. And it is the richness of the souls of the soil of the sea islands that made it a place that could build the infrastructure of the United States. And so we cannot now not be empowered to hold on to that land and reclaim land so that we can continue to be economically sustained and that we can continue to go to our waterways and farm our land to literally sustain ourselves and our family. We owe this to our ancestors. And I see no greater time for us to make a turnaround and to change the tide than a time such as this. As we move into the fall, we need to fall back and think about it. We need to flow with the fact that this is Middle Passage Month during the international decade of people of African descent. And we need to do something that will honor this decade, something that is concrete, something that shows our unification amongst our people and that shows that we have not forgotten all that our people have endured, all that they've suffered. Yes, it is true. Black Lives Matter, and in particular, we need to recognize that those lives have always mattered. They've mattered to many others when it didn't matter to those of us who are part of the group called Black. Even when people didn't want to get it, we the crack, we keep like an issue. Even when we call and go to get you and things like that, we mattered. No one calls you gold unless they realize your richness. But do you realize it? Do you realize it? That is what makes the difference, is whether you realize your richness and whether you realize the assets that you have and the assets that you can use to bless your family and bless the world or not. So as we move from the middle passage to this very moment, we are at a time, some would call, of critical mass where we do need to do sankofa, go back and fetch it, we have to look to our past in order to go into the future. And part of that, looking to the past, is getting with the elders that yet remain, that are lucid, that still have good use in their bodies, especially their minds, to show you what are the healing herbs that still exist. And many of those came over with those Africans in the belly of the beast. What are the natural things that they use to season their food with? that we grow out of the soil in the sea hours? What are the things that we can use to yet heal the community? And then we need to begin to use those, and we need to farm the land 
This is yet another time of year. We should be plowing up. We should be digging sweet data. And all the children should be out joining the plowing that they forget greed. So this is that season again. It is yet another planting season. But I pray that the seeds that are planting in your mind tonight will make you make a move that will be one that's beneficial to you currently, but will also be one that's beneficial to us globally. Because the more that we can do on our islands and our communities of the Gullah Geechee Nation to do our part to ensure that the coastline is healthy, to ensure that our waterways are healthy, that we're not throwing out debris and garbage onto our coastlines, that these things are not floating up along our beaches, that we don't have to have thousands of people out at beach sweeps cleaning up. And I am thankful for everyone who's had beach sweeps over the last couple of weeks throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation's coast. I am happy for that. But if we didn't throw it out there, it wouldn't be there for anybody to have to clean up. The Gullah to Seattle Coalition every year has hundreds of students out on highways and on the side of the road cleaning up things out of ditches because someone had no regard. And during our tourist season, the amount of debris increases, increases massively. So, again, those who want to visit us, when you come there, you see it's lovely, it's clean, it's pristine. We ask you to keep our house like you see it when you came or make it better, but definitely don't make it worse. Take your garbage, take it in your old car with you till you get to a refuse area, a garbage can, and then throw it in there or a dumpster or stop at the dump and put it there. Our place is not a place ever that was a dump. Our people came off the ships walking. They were dumped off. So we don't want to treat sacred ground as dumping ground. This is a place of healing for many people. People make hodges and sojourners to the sea islands to reconnect with the spirit and the energy and the power that is yet still in that soil. And I can hear those ancestral voices often sing it out from this old tree and thing like that. I still did it. The water bring me, the water going to take me back. But we need to make sure that we have a movement that flows just as smoothly as how that water does when there's no storm on it. And so I challenge you to get involved with the work that's being done by the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition to continue to be a voice for our people, a voice for black and brown people all over the world, a voice for coastal people, a voice for people who are from islands around the world as we continue our work, not only at the United Nations in terms of climate week work and other work throughout the year, but also with the work that we do literally on the ground. And you can definitely email us to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com if you're interested in bringing a group to come and be a part of the work or if you want to become a member of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition that sponsors this broadcast every week. Again, the email is G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. I also charge each and every one of us in the Gullah Geechee Nation to not let this entire month go by. You have about nine days or so left to it. Please 
make sure that you do go to our coastline. You do go to the ocean. You do go to the marsh and just stand there quietly, meditate, give thanks unto God. Give thanks for your ancestors that thrived and survived even after coming through the Bill Passage. Take flowers, take fruit, take gifts just to say I appreciate you. Lay wreaths so the folks would never forget what our ancestors went through in the belly of the beast, having to reacclimate themselves to an entirely new environment without their family members. Now you would have some people who would have cracked your teeth with them like that and for them show. The wool. But they get it. The wool. And so here it is that we are at a critical time that we still have an opportunity to be able to make our way to the coastline because there's so many places I've been to where literally and figuratively they can no longer get to the water. And in some of the cases, like in our area, People are gated away from the water. So that is why they cannot get there, because there are gated areas. There are golf courses. There are clubhouses. There are all of these things that stop them from getting to the very places where the ancestors' bodies are laid at rest, the very places where some of those herbs and the sweet grass and everything grows, that they can no longer get there because someone came from the outside, had no respect for the culture of the people who were there, felt the people who were there didn't respect what they had, and so they themselves would lock it off to themselves and treasure it they felt more than we do. But I don't feel that anybody treasures the Sea Islands more than anyone who truly grew from the soil of the Sea Islands. And so here it is that also with the Gullah Geechee diaspora being what it is, I have seen literally where communities of our people out west have had to migrate because there was no longer any water there. The water had receded. The water had dissipated. You always see me coming up on Gullah Geechee TV, and you can go to YouTube and look for Gullah Geechee TV, or you can go to G-U-L-L. A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E dot TV, TV. There's no I in Geechee. And that show will be coming up before this month is out from my address to the Seminole family at Seminole Days this year. And they laughed, but it was painful. It really isn't funny that there are bridges that say you're coming up to such such a creek or this is so-and-so creek bridge. And when you look down, there's no water there. All the water has evaporated. All the water has receded. And in some of those cases, that was a natural occurrence, so to speak. In other cases, we know that in various places around the world, there are communities that have dammed off water so that it ends up that they keep a water supply where they are and cities are good for this one. Keep a water supply where they are, but then downstream, others lose out because their water supply no longer gets to them. And so they literally will starve you out because if you relied on that water supply, not only for cooking and bathing, but to literally harvest from it 
fish and other things for your family to eat. And so you have a situation where I have witnessed with my own eyes just over the past two days where, once again, what it used to be where it no longer is, and I have witnessed with my own two eyes over the last few years where water has risen to cover places where water never came up that high or came in that far. I have witnessed trees laying down, fully grown trees, seeing their entire root system exposed as they attempt to continue to hold on to life and hold on to land. So I would encourage us to take a note from these trees because we need to hold on to life. We need to hold on to land. We need to hold on to see how it's said. The same way that our ancestors started to do once they realized that they might never get back to the motherland. They might never get back to Aukebunah. They didn't just drop dead. They didn't just stop living. They did not stop being who they were. They did as this new word we've learned in the Gullah Geechee Nation. They adapted. They resolved themselves to be resilient right where they were. And we have done the same. So in these climate talks and various discussions and numerous conferences that I'll be going to the rest of the year, and I'm sure for years to come, to talk about adaptation plans and sustainability plans, we simply need to adapt to how we can better protect our environment, how we can get out here and be a part of oyster reef rebuilds, how we can get out here and be a part of helping the youth things like seize the shorelines that the South Carolina Sea Grant is a part of with the schools, help the children to learn what their coast is about, and that it ain't going to just always be there, that there are places and times that literally would disappear if you don't take care of it. The erosion will take it. The water will take it. And then where will you be? So we definitely want our future generations to take care of the land even better than we have. And we can reduce some of the things that we think we want and need. And I think we'd be much better off in the world. If we can make do for a little while, we've got other children. And work together, children. Don't you get weary. Grant, have to meet the problems. And so we have a lot of wonderful things that are yet coming up on the land as part of the movement to continue to engage people and go and get you living traditions, history, heritage, and culture. We have a lot of activities that you see posted on the Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan page, things that are happening at Mosquito Beach, things that are happening for the Moja celebration, things that are going on downtown Choctaw, things that are happening even on St. Helena Island, and especially our Heritage Day celebration. So we have a lot that's coming up. Sapelo has their cultural day coming up. All of these things are starting to take place. We still have celebrations throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation from this month into November, and then for December, of course, folks go and be with the family. We have to definitely take some time in this moment that we have and reflect on from whence we've come, lest we forget. And I pray that we would take the time to support 
uh, Gully Geechee owned businesses, as he would start to gear up to save up your money to get out here on Black Friday, I hope it'll literally be racially black for you too. And yes, all my listeners, yes, I just said that. I hope that you will spend some money with some black-owned businesses for Black Friday and then thereafter for the rest of your days. I really, truly hope that people of all colors will do that, of all races and of all ethnicities will do that, but especially people of African descent with this multi-billion-dollar spending power that we have. Please, let's not continue to be commodities. Let's not continue to be consumers. Let us go back to what our ancestors were, producers, creators, scientists, entrepreneurs, independent, self-sufficient, black gold, Gullah Geechee anointed people. And we know we can do that the more that we work together, work together, chillin'. You understand? And so please take the time out. If you don't know where these businesses are, you say, are you sure? You know, is this Gullah Geechee or not? Well, again, Facebook message us, Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page. Tweet us at Gullah Geechee. Write us emails to gu at aol.com. And most of all, if you follow our blog at com, you will see that we have links up there for businesses. We have links up there for events. And if these were not authentic Gullah Geechee-owned and operated activities, we would not post them. So we need you to make sure that you go ahead and support the various endeavors, the various artists, the various traditionalists, the various healers, the things that are going on in our community that are from our tradition because it has been shown to numerous people who are scientists and otherwise that the reason Gullah Geechee culture would still exist in spite of all these odds against us environmentally, economically, and with people continually trying to displace us, even at this moment, that we have a strength and a power because of our spirituality and that is kept where we are, and I believe it will continue to do so if we believe, if we engage with one another, we put forth this power of uplifted together that this be our prayers, this be our meditations, but this also be our movement, that we continue to move together, united, one circle. Let it be unbroken. And so let us continue to support one another, uplift one another, but then never forget from whence we came. Never forget our ancestors, the trials and the tribulation that they had to have endured, crossing the Atlantic Ocean, from the motherland through the Caribbean or Caribbean to North America, the suffering that they had to endure when they got to these new places after the Middle Passage. But then don't forget their strikes because if they were not strong and powerful people, we wouldn't have in our DNA the ability of everybody else to see. And even tonight, there's going to be a town hall shown on PBS that's coming out of Chucktown from Emmanuel AME, where nine of our people were slaughtered. They were assassinated. They were murdered in that church. And there's going to be a town hall discussion that PBS is going to show tonight 
at 9 o'clock Eastern to Standard Time. And so we're going to be tuning into that to see and hear what our people have to say at this moment in time about this continued journey that is going on in the Galician Nation. And so there has been a nomination for a Nobel Peace Prize for the Emmanuel AME Church, and we'll be giving you posted about that as well and how that goes forward. And we just want to commend all the family that is yet standing and praying but fighting to hold on to our traditions, our culture, our institutions, and our communities. And so I truly appreciate all the folks who have been supporting me on this journey for the Gullah Geechee Land Legacy World Tour. I thank all of you who have already booked things for this fall as well as for 2016 for me to come to your various institutions all around the country and different parts of the world. And so definitely we appreciate all of the new members, all the contributions to the Gullah Geechee Al-Kabulan Archive because the Al-Kabulan Archive is going to be coming out with a series of additional components to our traveling exhibition that will now be able to be available that will go out to various institutions along with programming to educate people more about the Middle Passage and who we be truly as Gullah Geechee. And so That'll be coming up, and we'll be talking about that as we get closer to the Gullah Geechee Island Coalition's anniversary later this year. But we want to make sure that you know that there's still opportunities to give, to contribute. We just got some more new items for the archives from our Seminole family, Muscogee family, from down in Mexico, as well as from some of the other families from Oklahoma that actually donated some pieces and will also be contributing some pieces to the Seminole, Black Seminole, Seminole Indian Scout Museum that is at the Carver, George Washington Carver School that Ms. Charles Emily Wilson, God bless her dad, who was the first Black Seminole, quote, unquote, that I ever smoked to on the phone. And I'm going to crack my teeth with a thing like that. Was, I'm sure she's shouting right now. She's on the walls of that building where she taught for many, many years. And I'm sure her spirit is shouting because the children didn't forget where they come from. And so many times we just need to be reminded so that we can be re-inspired to do the things that are necessary so that no one else will ever be enslaved again and that we will make our moves mean something for this generation and the next that will leave a positive impact on the world as she did and as so many of our other elders and ancestors that you often hear me pay tribute to on this broadcast have done. And so definitely we continue the journey and we continue this living legacy. So please get in touch with me through queenquet.com or through gullagichi.net or G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. And so we will continue to keep you abreast of what going on. Follow GullahGeecheeNation.com, at GullahGeechee on Twitter and on Instagram. Got plenty of good things coming up for all the chillers. And so glad for still be on this journey from the real passage to this your moment. All the chillers, give it a blessing for see the black gold. Still continue to shine. This year, the Queen Quet had put the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that Hunter Chilla tuned in. And one more again, this is your Gullah Geechee Rhythm radio station. Peace. <laughs> 
definitely on this international day of world peace. May peace forever fill your soul on your journey.